Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Jane McGuire. Today, we're speaking with Sophie Rayworth about running during the lockdown. Jane, how's it going? How's your running going? Yeah, it's all good. I've not got I've not got too much to report to be honest. Kind of finally got over this um weird like foot injury I had from doing I don't I don't want to slate them because they are amazing. So anyone listening to this, don't think I'm slating these shoes. The Alpha Flies, very controversial. Um I'm not an elite runner and I think I've said on the podcast before that I did a virtual half marathon in them and kind of hurt my foot a bit because I'm not elite and I don't have the foot strength to wear them <laughs> well, but I'm on the mend and I'm back and I'm running back. pain-free again so that is an achievement did, did the run itself go well though did the did they actually do you feel like they gave you a bit of a kind of an edge during the oh my hour? god yeah I think I took like 15 minutes off what? my pb yeah what? it was wild <laughs> That's wild. Wow. Fair play. I was fly. If anyone saw me flying around Batty Park thinking, what is that girl doing? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been, um, I've been attempting to uh, adopt some of the Ethiopian running philosophy. So a, f- a few weeks back, we, we chatted with um, Michael Crawley about his book, Out of Thin Air, which, which looks at um, Ethiopian running culture. And one of the things that they're big on is that they only do one run a week on, on concrete and, and the rest is basically on track or on... Uh, on the grass so i've been and a lot of their their runs are they don't follow paths or, or the paths in ethiopia are kind of zigzaggy so right i've been i've been spotted in brockwell park just zigzagging around the park <laughs> <laughs> which i think probably looks quite strange to the to the um, observer but actually it, it throws in like a, an element of surprise and adventure to running and i think yeah, to be honest sure. like i've run in that park jane you know hundreds of times and it, it is and it can you can you can begin to get a little bit bored of your route can't you but if you actually start going yeah. actually i'm just going to run any old way around here uh it's uh it's kind of reinvigorated some of uh some of my training i'm not i'm nowhere near as quick as any ethiopian runners that's the, that's the only <laughs> bit that's missing so far but I, I like that you've um waited for a really muddy time of year to take up this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. plan yeah, you would in some ways would be much better in, uh, in in the kind of dry summer months. But yeah, I'm I'm like in thick mud basically. Yeah, you uh, must be like wash doing a lot of washing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people I'm sharing a house with are, are less keen on my um sort of <laughs> foraging into this uh, style of running. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh it's something that can go very easily, can't it? When you um 
you know, particularly if you're training for a race, it can be, it can feel quite workmanlike, can't it? And you go out and you do, you know, it's three miles today and then it's eight miles and it's probably on concrete. And I, and actually this way is just a bit more, it's an aspect of like play that, that, I, that I think easily gets lost with, um, when you, uh, when you get into training. So I'm, uh, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, I like it. I feel like when you watch kids around, don't they? They're just like going for it on grass. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, exactly. You're, you're bringing that back in. I like I'm, it. <laughs> I'm sort of entering into sort of, sec- sort of second childhood. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, who isn't? Got... Sorry, Joe, go on. No, we can say who isn't. It's 2020. Exactly. We've, yeah, all exactly. lost our, we've all lost our minds. <laughs> yeah, find, find your joy where you can. We've got, um, we've got a very high profile guest this week, haven't we? We've got Sophie we Rayworth. We have. And from the news is on i know very very professional <laughs> no it's, it's great to have her on she's i mean uh, as as people will gather when we uh, when we speak to her she's super passionate about running and uh yeah so i think it i think it brings her a real sense of joy in, in what is quite a kind of high pressure life that, yeah. you know that a newsreader has yeah i'm very um the way she talks about run i'm sure you'll all hear in a few minutes the way she talks about running is beautiful um mm. and it was quite emotional. I feel like I found the interview quite emotional talking about the pandemic. I think it's mad how quickly we've all adapted to this new world. And actually yeah. when you stop and you think about those runs in lockdown that felt really scary. And I think the way Sophie talks about that is really lovely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's get on our, our guest of the week. Yes. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Unless you've taken the unusual stance of not tuning into the news in 2020, in which case you're in for a bit of a shock, you'll be very familiar with Sophie Rayworth. What you may not know is that the face of BBC News is also a passionate and impressive runner. And this year, she has navigated the personal and professional stresses of the pandemic and says running has been her saviour. So Sophie, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you on. Um, To start with, could you briefly explain your journey into running? Um, My journey into running started quite late in life. I was in my late 30s. I hadn't done, basically hadn't done much exercise from the age of about 20. And uh, I was asked, I'd had two children, and I was asked to do the Great North Run as a celebrity runner. And I just had my second child. I thought I'll go and do that as a way of losing some weight. And it's, I like a challenge. And I really enjoyed the training, actually. I was really surprised. I found it quite hard. And I did it in just over two hours. Um, and I was triumphant when I got to the finish line, but thought I'll never be able to do a full marathon. Yeah. I'd never be able to turn around and do that again. And then about three or four, about four years later, after I had my third child, um, I decided to pluck up the courage and give it a go. And so I was 42, relatively late <laughs> as a marathon runner. And um, yeah, and I became hooked. And I've I've done loads now. I've done sort of, I've lost count, 15, 16, 17, I don't know. Wow. Lots of marathons. And then I got dragged into ultra marathons. <laughs> and uh, it's become very much my way of life now. I love it. Um, I think we all, well, I loved, and I think everyone loves your pictures of those deserted london streets and you're running well, the apocalyptic runs to work during full lockdown what was that like running during the depths of lockdown into central london it was quite extraordinary so i was doing the news non-stop when everything really started shutting down and i was doing double shifts so i was doing the six o'clock and the 10 o'clock news 
and it was very intense. And as everyone felt, it was it, everything seemed to be closing in on us all. And I just remember sitting in the studio night after night and the, the death toll figures from France and Italy often would come through whilst I was doing the six o'clock news. And that sense of, and Spain as well, which was, you know, we were two weeks behind everybody else. And that sense of, oh my God, the sort of gasping when, when we were on air, I was sort of you know in between pieces, gasping as these new figures came and it was, you know, a thousand dead and you couldn't believe that it was going to come here. And for me, running, I then started running because we were being told not to go on public transport. And and uh, so I'd run into work. And the, the first few days or first, the first week of it, you know, there was a real sense you just should not be out. You should be literally locked up in your house and you shouldn't be out on the streets. And I started running in with my BBC pass around my neck because the only other people I saw out on the streets were NHS workers who had their passes on. And I was stopped. The police stopped me a couple of times. Um, you know, slightly not not. It wasn't quite as officious as that sounds, but you know, I was taking a photograph in Piccadilly once, and the police sort of slightly jokingly said, um, "What are you doing? You know, this isn't tourist time." And I said, "Oh, I'm going to work." And then the other police officer, funnily enough, recognised me and said, "Ah, oh, you're the you're the newsreader who runs marathons. I'm a runner too. You know, is that <laughs> runner that runner." <laughs> Um, but it was a really strange time and um, it, I'd run along and it was an, I felt very privileged to be able to do it because nobody else was really out on the streets and the streets were empty. I ran down Piccadilly in the middle of the road. I would um, I'd go onto the South Bank and run along the river and go on the South Bank and I remember running there and just coming down the steps onto the South Bank by the National Theatre and there was no one there. And I literally stopped and just gasped out loud. I could not believe how quiet it was, or, or Covent Garden. Um, and it was, a, it was a real privilege to be able to take photographs. But I did feel bad about even doing a sort of extra mile or two round to go and have a look at another bit of London. I ended up going through all the stations, Waterloo, Paddington. And I will never, ever see London like that again. I've grown up in London. And it was like being on an empty film set with every single memory of the city that I have gone. And it was just, I could just see my memories of my, my, the people I've been with and my family and my friends. I could sort of, they were sort of piling up on top of this empty film set. It was, it was a really surreal experience. And, you know, lockdown two, it, def- it definitely hasn't been the same at no. all. It's much, much busier. That's really emotional the way you've described that. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It really was. It, it was. It was a very, I mean, I look back at some of my photographs recently um, and it was a very, it was a very, very intense. I'd forgotten how intense a period it was. Um, and I loved my runs to work. I loved my runs to work. I, I ran back at night as well. Um, empty. Imagine London at night. And Oxford Street, straight down the middle of Oxford Street, there were no cars, nothing, no traffic whatsoever. Um, I saw a couple of homeless people and I saw a lot of police. That was it. Um, and it was, I didn't feel, people said, didn't you feel, you know, at risk, in danger? There was nobody out there. I didn't feel at risk at all. Um, it was it was surreal. And it, I know it's something I will never, ever see again. You said it was an in, in, intense time. And I think everyone felt that. Um, and it's been an intense year as well. Do you think that running has always been for you a kind of, a release valve I didn't realize until now until this year just how much of a release how important it was just just to my sanity really um and it was that sense of panic 
I felt when I was reading the news out and I was saying, you know, in Spain, which as I was saying was two weeks or three weeks ahead of us, in Spain, the lockdown has come into force and the government says you cannot leave your house, you cannot go out to exercise. And I was thinking, I remember reading it on the news, thinking, what? (laughs) I can't exercise. I cannot run, you are joking. And people in Spain were literally being fined. I think there was 500 euros for, for going out. You couldn't go and run. And I suddenly realized the notion for me of not being able to go outdoors and run um, was just awful. It was terrible. Um, and then also that that funny, that strange feeling, I'm sure you you probably got it as well, when, when, people, when you did go out, when we got locked down here, and suddenly you became slightly the pariah. Um, we were banned from parks and we were banned from the river and all these places where I normally go, I could no longer go. And the only place I could actually run without any problem because I had somewhere to go was into the city, into town. So uh, I suddenly had the, ta- the city to myself and was no longer able to run in all the places that, that I usually <laughs> yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I think you locked that, like, I guess that is the silver lining. Lockdown scene, so many people take up running. I think... Um, Couch to 5K has had like a million downloads. It's amazing. What advice would you give to someone who's recently taken up running or someone who's kind of thinking about doing it this second time around lockdown? I think, I mean, I, I tell everybody I can to, to try it. I, mean, I think a lot of, I often get stopped by people who um, who say, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're running and I see all your running. And um, I think people, particularly when they get older, think it's too late for me. And I often get stopped by people say, oh, it's amazing what you do, but I just couldn't do it. I'm too old. And I go, how old are you? And they go, 48. And I go, I'm 52. You can. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a problem. Um, and I think people write themselves off a long time before they can, before they need to. And I just think it's, I mean, the thing about running as well for me, I, it does, when you start, I, I, I wrote a blog years ago when I first did my first marathon. Um, and I had forgotten how much, how stiff I felt all the time and how I'd run and I'd sort of ache the day after. And you kind of think you're damaging your body, but actually you're building your body up. And I got stronger and stronger and stronger. I've got faster and faster the older I get. Um, and I just think it's this amazing sport that you can keep going. And it's not something that you necessarily get worse at as you get older. You can go, you know, particularly, you know, when you get older, you can do endurance sports you can last much longer. You can run much further. Um, some of the best endurance runners are, you know, doing it in their forties. Um, and I just think, I, I think right now, when we're all kind of struggling with lockdown and being literally, I, you know, I feel claustrophobic at times. It is a something. It's a sport that makes you get outside. It's very simple to do, and just being outside lifts your spirits. Let alone the endorphins you get from running. Um, so I, I would really recommend people to try it, but you have to do it slowly and you have to build up slowly. And the couch to 5K and there's a couch to 10K, isn't there as well? Um, those kind of apps are fantastic. I've got a friend who's doing one right now who never thought he would run again. He's in his 60s and he's loving it. Yeah, that is great. You, you talk about get, getting quicker as you, um, as you get older. I know that you actually qualify to represent England in the Masters category over the half marathon distance. I think that's right, yeah. isn't it? Um, but that race was then, it was then cancelled, wasn't it, due to COVID. Are you hopeful of making your England debut soon? Well, they cancelled it again for next year. So I've got the vest. I just didn't have to do the race. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was supposed to be at a half marathon. I think it was the 15th of March. And uh, yeah, they got, it got cancelled. 
And then it, they were going to run it again next March, and then it got cancelled again. So who knows? But uh, I got anyway. I got. I'm, I probably I probably won't be able to do the time by then. I don't know. But um, no, I got I got my shirt. So I I achieved that at least. I never got to run the race. So you've kind of mentioned run running run commuting, which I think we can all like great way of fitting it in but obviously you've got a really demanding job you've got a family you've got a a puppy that we've seen in the runner's world shoot um how do you fit it all in um people always ask me how I fit it in and I think you just I think if you want to do it you just can I think running is actually probably of all the sports we do it's probably one of the running is probably one of the easiest things you to fit into your life because you can you can commute to work you can I don't know if you take the kids to school, you can run home or you can um, you run around your park first thing in the morning. You can go. You don't need to run for very long. You know, you're literally out for half an hour. Uh, it's not like, you know, I did I did a spot of cycling when when I was injured a few years ago. I did the ride 100 and the amount of cycling I had to do in comparison to running was was huge. So you know, my equivalent of, of a two and a half hour long run seemed to be a sort of five or six hour bike ride. So the running is is much easier, I think, to fit in. Yeah, I agree. I was trying to work out what the kind of equivalent is in cycling, but I think it's almost kind of three times the distance yeah. is, is the equivalent of what it'd be for running. Something like I that. I feel like cycling yeah, just takes longer, doesn't it? You have to you have to pack. <laughs> you have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like and then you have to stop for coffee. I never get that, but you stop for coffee in the middle. I feel like what? that's, that's nice actually I, th- I think we could learn something from that I think that's good I know. <laughs> I know I know but I've stopped like, occasionally on long runs I've stopped for a quick you know espresso or something yeah I always feel really guilty when I do it <laughs> have you managed to sneak in any um official races this year because they are still going what? on aren't they? you just have to sort of find them I've done one have I done one no I've done two I've done two two races I did one trail race um with my great friend Susie Chan who is the one who got me into the uh the ultra running so we did pilgrims half uh down in farnham near farnham and that was fantastic and they did it so well and i think this was a couple of months ago and they did it it's all socially distanced you had your wave time and then when you set off you we went in groups of six and because it was a trail run you know literally susie and i ended up running on our own you didn't see anybody else at all so that was lovely and really lovely to do a proper race and then the other one I did was the London Marathon, the virtual London Marathon. But I did a real race because there was the Eton Dorney um, Marathon being run on that day. And it was 16 laps, I think it is, of Eton Dorney Lake. Wow. Um, in, in free, you know, remember that weekend, it was so cold, freezing rain, wind, the whole lot. But because it was a race, it made me run faster. And I got those, <laughs> I thought this is my one race of the year. So I got the, the ridiculously expensive, um, you know, Elliot, the, the Kipchoge shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the springs, the, the kangaroo flies, springs. Yeah. So I got a pair of those and I went for it and I got, I got, I couldn't believe it. I went under under 3.30, which I didn't think I was able to do because I hadn't done the proper training. I hadn't done my normal sort of, I'm quite, I'm quite a, uh, methodical about my training normally and I hadn't done the proper sort of speed training and all that stuff so I, could, I was amazed I was only like two minutes off my PB um with the springs on my feet um and then and uh, yeah and I got some very black toenails to go with it but it was worth it that was my race of the year yeah that's a, that's a fine effort that isn't it because I guess it, I would find that those sort of lap races that just just struggle a little bit with the motivation of going round and round it was it was quite hard. It was hard in one sense, but it was, you saw people go, I quite like the, the switchbacks because you saw people, so that kept me entertained. 
And also, I mean, I did just think this is it. This is my one chance this year. I'm not going to be able to race again. And I had so many races in the, you know, that I was supposed to be doing this year um, that I just thought, go for it. Um, I could, I literally couldn't take another step there when I finished. I almost had to be carried off the course. My my calves completely seized up. <laughs> I was very, it was pitiful. <laughs> this is the Runner's World Podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, you're a self-confessed medal addict. What would you, if you had to pick one, what would one mean the most to you? Has to be the Marathon de Sub. That was, uh, I've actually got two of those, bizarrely, because the, the, they did, the one that we were given out there, they changed it. So this is in 2018, they changed it. And it wasn't the kind of one, it wasn't the rather sort of um, almost slightly rusting one that everybody else had got in the years before. It was a much newer version and a much shinier version. And Lots of people didn't like it. So they then produced ones which were more like the other ones. So I've now got two Marathon de Sable medals for the same race. But that that one, definitely, it was my favorite one. I just, I never thought, you know, six marathons, five days. It was Susie Chan who got me into doing that. She'd done it three times already. And we went together and I, I didn't think I could do it. I wanted to pull out the week before. I trained for it really hard, but I just did not think I would be able to cope with it. And it was the most extraordinary time of my life. It was something um, I, I'd love to do it again, but I'm almost nervous about going back because it was such an amazing 10 days. Um, we had a great tent. We had eight of us in there, amazing camaraderie. Um, and we did it. And I, lit- I literally cried when I crossed the finish line because I, I just, the sense of achievement, um, you know, it was the blisters were quite painful, but it was the it was the sense of achievement getting across the line. And I didn't I hadn't told anyone I was doing it. And I was sort of thinking, wow. And you really learn that you are just much, much stronger. Your body's much stronger than you ever thought you were. And you're, it's often it's your head that tells you you can't do things. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we all need a Susie in our lives to <laughs> get us to, <laughs> around those challenges. <laughs> 
Right, we're entering the uh, the philosophical part of the uh, Monos World podcast. So, what is the greatest lesson that running has taught you? That probably that your body is so much stronger than your mind lets you think it is, and that if you push yourself and stop the the voices in your head saying you can't, actually, it turns out you can. And I think that applies to me um, in life all the time. And um, I think you, I think running has taught me to, I mean, even the way it sounds, some may sound a bit silly, but the way I deal with being in this sort of lockdown, I think of it a bit like an ultra race, which is, it's an awfully long way to go. We've got a long few months ahead of us. Um, but so just don't look at the end. So if you're thinking about doing an ultra race of 50 miles, don't think about the fact it's 50 miles, just think about the next mile. And so I just, or going up a, a hill, steep hill, I never look at the top. I always look at my feet. Um, so it's literally that is don't look at the, the big picture because it looks far too scary. Look at the small picture and just look at the next few steps. So that's that's what running and ultras and marathon races have taught me. Just it's a sort of coping mechanism that you can apply to all kinds of parts of your life. Yeah, definitely. I think some of the skills you learn through running or any endurance sport have real kind of application over lots of different areas, don't they? Hmm. Yeah. Right, final question then, Sophie. What What are your hopes and dreams for 2021 in an, in an ideal world? What, what, where would your running take you? Um, I, I'm, I'm slightly, where would my running take it's so It's so unknown, isn't it, 2021? I mean, who, who knows? I think we've got a few more months left before the races start. I mean, there are so many races that I was supposed to be doing, like this year, comrades and um, uh, Susie wants me, Susie Chan wants me to go off to Costa Rica with her and um, do some sort of MDS equivalent in Costa Rica. I I, I have very few, I'm, I'm going to keep my hopes quite kind of um, limited. I'd just like to run another race. Yeah. <laughs> I'd quite like to run a race like with that. my that's friends. Good. Yeah, good. If I could run a race with my friends, that would be great. That'd be good. That's a, it's a I think that's good. That's a good, yeah. that's a good simple, modest name, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for making the time to to come on the Runners World podcast to talk about your running. Really appreciate um, you speaking with us, and yeah, best of luck with all your running in twenty twenty one. Thank you very much, and to you too. This is the Runners World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest Sophie Rayworth, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to Runners World magazine today to get three issues for only £5. Visit hurstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. What professional, Jane. Nailed it. Pro. Nailed Nailed it. it. (laughs) Get me back on the radio. (laughs) 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.